0: That's the highest thing you can do. They're the priority. And so, uh, and that's what I think everyone needs to do is, just, like, is to realize that they need relationship.
1: Welcome everybody. This is the Wichita Life podcast. I am Landon Hughesley, host of the Wichita Life podcast and curator of the Wichita Life ICT Instagram. What is your first thought when you think of the homeless population in our city? Our guest today is John Gordon, who is the pastor of Neighborhood Fellowship, Orphan Care and Racial Reconciliation at City Life Church, where he spends a lot of time with the homeless in Wichita. John shares his experience of living with the homeless for a whole week during the summer. We discuss his thoughts on panhandlers, relationships, and homeless stereotypes. Please enjoy my conversation with John Gordon. All right, John, um, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, just can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
0: Um, I am thirty three, uh, and I've lived in Wichita for I don't know about half my life, and I've lived. And so a conservative community, and I lived in like more liberal Chicago and L.A. Uh, for the other half of my life. And so uh, I have moved around as a pastor's kid, and now as a pastor myself, I'm just kind of, you have to move around some. And so I'm comfortable right. just in different environments, and uh, uh, that's just, and now I pastor a, a homeless church. Uh, is my primary responsibility, and uh, I a multi-ethnic homeless church, and I love it, and I have a lot of fun. Awesome. So, cool,
1: and we'll get a little more into that. But um, so you got to Wichita
0: because of your parent or your dad's job and everything. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I was born in Chicago, okay. and then my dad he was a professor chaplain at Wheaton College okay. in uh, Chicago, and then he became a pastor at First Baptist, which is the church we're in now. Mm-hmm. It's renamed. Uh, and when I was three. Okay. and so then, from three to fifteen, I lived here oh wow, okay. and then i and then we went to go suffer for jesus in southern california <laughs> and uh, and so I th- and that's where I'd call home, okay, and so I did high school and right. I went to u c l a uh and so that's where i'd really so uh, a lot of your def- old friends are there, yeah, in yeah, primary and years 15 y- to 18. exactly mm-hmm. Just sort of shaped me for me and uh and then went to Chicago to do inner city ministry and go to graduate school, oh cool, okay, so uh and then, and then it was they, the church called uh, my last year of graduate school and asked, said, "Hey, would you be interested cool. to come here?" And it was kind of because you wouldn't expect Wichita, Kansas, to have a church that has a, a Lao Thai congregation, a Hispanic congregation, a Chinese, Arabic, and then a homeless congregation. Right. And so it's that diversity that brought me here. I would never want to live in Wichita again. <laughs> right. Uh, like I just wanted a bigger city, but like it's, I just felt called. I knew, first phone call, I stopped looking for any other job. Wow. And good. and decided, okay, if I can get this job, I'll do it. That's cool. And I'm, we're very happy. We're very happy here in Wichita. We love it. We have a great family. Uh, we could be here, we see we could be here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, our, my wife and I's hearts are big city. Sure. Uh, but uh, I think that God is using that to kind of solve some of the Problems that are more normal in bigger cities mm-hmm. that I'm just around, of being around a lot of diversity and stuff like that right. to kind of tackle some of that here. And, oh, definitely. And, uh, yeah, well and suited for it. Sure. Yeah.
1: Is your wife from California? Yeah.
0: My wife is from Atlanta.
1: Okay. So, so in big city her, so, as well. Yep. So. yep. Cool. Yep. Um, so with your dad being a pastor and a uh, professor and everything, did you always see yourself going this route
0: or? <laughs> uh, I in eighth grade eighth grade I had an experience where I believed I was gonna be a pastor okay uh and I have never doubted that since wow and so I had
1: that's pretty early though yeah
0: yeah it's wild yeah Uh, and so um there was one moment in my senior year of college uh where I was like I a little scared about moving to Chicago or like this next step and I maybe had a week or two of just Am, question, am I really supposed to do this? Right. And my dad and I went and looked at the graduate school and it was clear. Yeah. Like, worst case scenario, I get a, a semester of graduate school and then return home. Right. And so it's like, it's kind of See like you I like, couldn't lose. Right. So uh, we just did it and then it was uh, very clear. Sure. Uh, that I wanted to do this. Cool. And so, cool. and I'm sure those doubts are normal for anybody yeah, that goes yeah, through that. So. Yeah. And like, my dad is like this very, Like I mean, I think you have, and my dad is someone. Who, like, would stop Wednesday night church? Wouldn't do it during my basketball season wow. to go to my games. Yeah, you know, like, and so like That's church cool. was not over family. Family was over, and so like I just don't have none of my siblings have any baggage with church. Wow, and there's four of us, mm-hmm. and it's because my dad did not prioritize it over us, right? Uh, and which is a gift, and which is I think has helped me come into of having a really good view and not being a workaholic. And that's uh, important. I mean, I'm very good at saying no. I've homeless. I mean, sure. So we'll get into that. Yeah. Of, yeah, definitely. Uh, so cool. Um, so can you just explain a little bit or talk
1: a little bit more about your role as the pastor here and what you do?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like I've already said, like I'm a pastor, the neighborhood fellowship, which is primarily a homeless congregation, uh, anywhere from 170 to 230 on a Sunday. And, and so like, that's a lot of my time. Um, And then I also deal with uh, orphan care. And so we were really involved in adoptions and foster care and the orphan care closet and things like that. And so I oversee that. And then Mm -hmm. we are working on just racial reconciliation. Um, And so I'm over that as well here at the church. And so those are kind of the three areas, but the neighborhood fellowship gets a majority of my time.
1: Okay. Um, So you're from a big city. So you've probably seen, I mean, been around this a lot of different places. Sure. has your view on homeless changed since you've taken this role and you've been a little more, I don't know, hands on or anything like that?
0: So I like to answer that in a weird way. I've never wanted to work with homeless. Um, and I'm have, I lived, I've lived in a low income community for, I don't know, eight years now. Uh, and in a non-white community. And so I feel more called to those kind of communities right. than what I thought. And then a few years ago, it kind of changed. And so I had to work through that. And so I, I come from like kind of being around just a, a set geography place. And now I'm around these people that don't have a geography and that go all over and right. aren't set a location. And so its it, I would say it's just almost been this crazy learning curve uh, this whole two years of just... Uh, of being confused um but really like my primary thing has been to build a relationship yeah and so I, I don't think i there's been a sh- i think it's been just this constant growing um of just knowing I, starting from i know nothing mm-hmm. to let's have fun and figure this out sure definitely. so i know yeah, i know yeah. that maybe didn't answer your question in some ways but yeah no
1: that's fine good answer uh, where does Wichita, would you know, where does Wichita fall on the spectrum? Is it, like, average as far as kind of a homeless population per capita, or is it worse, better?
0: Um, you're going to get crazy high-intense homeless populations in larger cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so L.A. is going crazy right now. It is r- epidemic-type mm-hmm. levels. Chicago's big. San Francisco. Hawaii actually has some of the most homeless. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so... So if we want to compare ourselves to those kind of things no but if we want to look at Kansas
1: mm-hmm.
0: like we get everyone in Kansas everyone right. comes here sense. and and so and even Kansas City like they come here cuz Kansas City's a spread out so city big, yeah. and so it's and and so Wichita is viewed as a great place for homeless people to be at okay um, and so and, and that reputation is getting out there more and more and so we're seeing more homeless come uh, because our services are are centered in one location mm-hmm. and and then also like food is not a problem food is not a problem okay. and so there is food and and because and so that's just everything's in one location and mm-hmm. and so people know to come there uh, to give sack lunches okay uh, it's just the kind of the community knows so it, it's a great place mm-hmm. for homeless to be actually
1: okay that's interesting. which i've had
0: homeless people chew me chew me out's not the right word but get on me that we make this too easy that we need to stop allowing homeless people to make it and, and be able gotcha. to be homeless for long periods of time. Right. Uh, if they struggled a little more, they might try to- Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, and these are homeless people speaking up. Right. they're like, um, you know, this isn't me saying that. And so it's just very interesting when you, you hear that perspective. Right.
1: Um, yeah, I was looking up a couple of articles just to see if I could find any numbers on that. And there was an article from last year that said um, it's dropped 42% between 2015 and 2017. But I saw another article that was also last year that said it's slightly increased. So I'm sure it's hard with people coming in and how all that works. But
0: uh, My guess would be that, the art, that who said what is based on whether it was a government. Mm-hmm. So governments tend to uh, have lower numbers. And so meaning their, their definition of homelessness is stricter. And so it reduces the numbers. Where my definition would probably be like if you're sleeping on a homeless cat on someone's couch because mm-hmm. you have nowhere else to be, that to me that's homeless. Yeah, I agree. Where the the city of Wichita would not, they yeah, would not classify that. So
1: I think the part of the reason they were talking about how, why it dropped is one of the shelters had recently closed, or not shelter, maybe. Uh, place something hmm. um had closed and i think that's they thought it was decreasing because they were able to shut down because they weren't needing to serve as many people send me that article uh, i'll, I'll find it, it. <laughs> i'll send it to you it was interesting yeah. but um so i wanted to one of the things that stood out was your experience this year and yeah. then last summer of yeah. living with the homeless among the homeless yeah. um, so i kind of just wanted to hear a little bit about that and share that story i know a lot of the people in our church have heard that, Sure. But outside of that, maybe not heard that. So can you just tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. Uh, be careful. I could go wrong for a while. <laughs> no, you're fine. Go as long <laughs> as you want. Uh, let me talk about two years ago, the first time I did so it. Was this the third year? This is the second year. Okay, this yeah, is the second first. year. Okay. Um, the first year was terrifying. It was really scary. It was, uh, I had, I don't have a am not a big anxiety, I'm pretty chill, and but it was just messing with me, but it was good, and so I started the day out on a Sunday and and with nothing. I mean, I I did not bring any money, no credit cards. Um, I last year I only brought a cell phone, a, a flip phone. I went and bought that. My wife's the only one who had the number, mm-hmm. uh, and that was her requirement <clears throat> for me to do it. Okay, uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and. And so I really tried to live as much. And so one of the first problems I came up with is it was summer, July, really hot, hottest week of the year. Yeah, you picked a great time to yeah. try it <laughs> yeah. out. And I, all of a sudden I didn't have sunscreen. I just realized Actually, it. I didn't even think about that. And, and I started freaking out. I was like, this whole week is going to be miserable if I don't have sunscreen. Like, I, I'm not prepared to be outside a lot. Right. And so, like, I started asking around. And I, two people, the homeless community, started giving me sunscreen. And so, like that's a lot of what I started to see right away. Mm-hmm. Is I was just being taken care of. Uh, the generosity was astounding. Uh, within an hour, someone had given me their best sleep- North Face sleeping bag, their own. They'd given it to wow. me so I would have something to sleep on for the week. And so incredible. Uh, and then, like one another, like that first night, I slept in NASCAR Park, which people know as different names: mm-hmm. Hobo Park, Wino Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Douglas and Saint Francis, I think, is the streets, and so I slept in that park. And so I go to bed, and all of a sudden at one, I, I wake up, and also hear, <laughs> and then I'm getting drenched by sprinklers. I mean, I am, I, and I and I have to grab my stuff and and, and get it uh, because I, I and and actually someone else came running to to protect me. And, and what I did not know is because I was a pastor, I had people staying up all night to make sure no one messed with me. Wow. I didn't ask that. Right. Uh, but I ended up having multiple people throughout the whole week. They did not want anyone to mess with me. That's awesome. And they disagreed. Literally, people disagreed with me sleeping outside, the homeless. They're like, it's too dangerous for you, John. You shouldn't be doing this. They didn't tell me this until, like, I'm in the middle of it. Right. Uh, so I just had, like like, stuff like that, like of just people caring for one another, um, you know. So, but isolation, loneliness, um, it was very lonely. Uh, I remember it was the Paul McCartney concert that week. Mm-hmm. And I had people People walk by me. I was walking with three other homeless people around 11 o'clock midnight. And, I, I mean, I'm a big dude, and they would not move. From, I mean, it was, I've never been treated like this in my life. Wow. They made me move completely, and they and and when I got done through the big crowd, the homeless guys turned to me and go, "Did you see that?" I go, "Oh, I saw that." So you can get a yeah. small
1: taste of what yes. they deal with
0: every day. And and, and, and that and that's exactly what it is is that, like I wasn't saying, "Oh, I now understand what homelessness is," right. I've done a week. It's more. I know more today than I did before I did it, and more than ninety nine percent of people. Were- yeah, sure, and so. And, and and a lot of a lot of it is it's an empathy exercise. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's an exercise saying me too. Like I get it, like mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and and, and it, it's it's the benefits that have come out of it are relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, as being a pastor of a homeless, I have. I think a pastor has to be friends with her congregation, mm-hmm. and because of the power. It was so hard to build a friendship and when i went out on the street it like all of a sudden they're the expert Mm -hmm. they're teaching me what to do in life and it is a great experience it just it flips the tables of our relationships and it really helped me build some real true deeper friendships Right, right uh and that was the same this year as well was it yeah
1: um so i guess how did this year compare to last year then Similar time of year, right? Summer stuff? Yeah, I did
0: July both times. Um, Last year was a lot of shock, excitement. I got kicked out of Quick Trip. uh, Got in trouble in the library. Not for me being wild or anything, but like someone told on me because they didn't like my presence. Um, To this year, I didn't have, like, and those were like exciting. You know, I panhandled last year. This year, it was so much more relationships-based. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of had some of that, like, different, I don't know, I don't, like, i would had the shock that it was about me. Last year was about me, mm-hmm. about me experiencing it. This year was hanging out okay. as much as possible and building relationships. Um, I mean, actually, this year, I met a kid, his name's Levi, I met him at the mission, and it took, like, through turn of events, mm-hmm. like, he started living with my intern. And so now, like, he's off the streets, he's three weeks off of meth, and uh, and so, like, and I see him regularly now. And so, like, just building things like that, That's like, really cool. um, there's just, like, multiple stories like that. It was just very different this year. This year, I, I allowed some people uh, to come in. Uh, and stay with me a little bit Mm -hmm. um this year i had different people protecting me i didn't ask for it but people so i had i slept with about five people Mm -hmm. and they picked me i didn't pick them and they go you're coming with me like i'll take care of you you know and so they found me it was raining first night so i i start at 10 a.m on sunday and at 5 p.m it started to pour i mean pour and so we had to switch where we were going to sleep. We already decided, already mm-hmm. put our stuff kind of where we were going to sleep. And we had to s- switch it up. Uh, and so, like, that was very bizarre and mm-hmm. just challenging. Oh, okay. And uh, it took us a while to find a spot that was, uh, that would work for us. Sure,
1: So sure. And is that, so is that mostly in parks then where they try to find places to sleep, safe, safe places <laughs> or just wherever they can?
0: I mean, it, there's. So, it's interesting. So, on storm nights, they know mm-hmm. certain places are okay with them sleeping on their porches. Okay. And so, they kind of have this uh, some, a gentleman's agreement in some ways. Sure. Uh, that if it's stormy, you can sleep here. And if you clean up your stuff. Right. Uh, and so, so they have some of that. Uh, Riverside Park, plenty of people. Mm-hmm. But plenty of people just on the sidewalks in downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind corners. Um, around the open door, a lot of people sleep. Yep. Um, but... But the truth, under some bridges and stuff, but the truth is is it's pretty taboo to ask where people sleep. Right. And so it's, it would kind of be me coming to you and saying, uh, how much money do you have? How right. m- what kind of debt are you in? Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, how dare you ask that such a personal question? Very personal, yeah. And so like, it's kind of the same thing that like I don't ask that question sure. except the week where I'm living it. I get to. Because right. they ask me. Where'd you sleep? I was like, I slept at first and Waco, right. which is where I slept most of the mm-hmm. time. And so they're like, oh, where at first in Waco? and you Waco? Know, and we're like, we're okay. just going on yeah. and dialoguing. And uh, one thing that was really different this year is because I had to sleep on cement this year. Mm-hmm. So I have sleep apnea, so mm-hmm. I have to wear a mask, and I, br- I brought my mask, and that's one of the things I brought. Um, and so I needed outlet, and we needed shelter. And so I slept. Uh, They don't know this yet, but Riverwalk Church on uh, First and Waco. Okay. So sleeping under their entrance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you, Pastor, for if you hear this. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I go to sleep about ten o'clock at night, and I wake up at one in bad pain, like I'd gotten punched in the kidneys by Mike Tyson. Like it was so painful, and it was really a place I was either I'm either quitting or i'm going to get a blow-up mattress Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and uh and so i figured it out and i went and got a went home called my wife hey you need to put the blow-up mattress on the porch and so i actually slept with a blow-up mattress Mm -hmm. the the entire week because (laughs) of cement and I mean, I got made fun of for it. You know, like, <laughs> a couple gaps. Oh, yeah. like, you can't hang. And all, And then another homeless person would come in and say, if you had a mattress, you would sleep on it. And they're like, oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so I, it was just kind of this, like, this is a part of the game. But at the same time, I'm using my privilege. And mm-hmm. part of the you know, like, that, that's what some person said. He's like, uh, well, I mean, if you've got the resources to do it, mm-hmm. do it. I go, well, I have the resources to go buy a hotel room. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like, like, he's like, "Okay, good point. Good point. <laughs> you do need some false right. uh, parameters." Yeah. Uh, so, that makes sense. Um,
1: how do you pronounce that park's name? Navsker. Navs- Napsker. Napsker. Yeah. So, it's is it currently closed? Yes. And so how has that affected the Because oh, I know radical.
0: that's a big center place for Oh. It, it, I I'm I I, <laughs> I get angry. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's and, and not at angry at some like not like that I'm saying the city's wrong in it, it's just I hate to see something disrupt a community right you know and and I'm not saying they're right in it either. I'm not going to take a stand right now, but uh but it's drastically affected them like where I'll take a stand is, is how if when it reopens, how the homeless are treated right. type of thing that's where i'll um get frustrated or not but uh but, yeah, like, I mean, I've – so let, let me just – on Sunday, my first year, mm-hmm. uh, I got eight, eight meals that day on a Sunday. Five of them were in from NASCAR Park. Wow. This year, I only got three meals, two meals – no, three meals. I got three meals, and all of them – were set locations that have been running for a long time. right? Like, and, so, and so, like, none of the random, and so, like, last year, the other five came from people pulling up and, and opening up their, their trunks. Um, wow. And I tried to, like, there they was aware of where they were, and I tried to go to them because they, like, have to go to different <clears> locations. <throat> and I'd go there, and I, and I would, like, there wouldn't be any food left. Right. Or I'd go to another place and I wouldn't get there in time because it's so challenging to get across.
1: But before uh, there was a central location Central
0: location. oh yeah, but also just hanging out right. Last year, there were so many people after about seven o'clock at night, there's nothing to do. Everyone mm-hmm. like goes their separate ways in many ways, except some kind of go and hang out. and that's where I'd go and I'd have some of my best relational time mm-hmm. for three, four or five hours. But this year that was all gone, all of it. No one is hanging out in the same location. And I I mean I mean I, I can't tell you how many people that were that were homeless at one time mm-hmm. love to come back into the community. So our church, you know, 170, 230, half are homeless today and half are no longer. Wow. But it's the they still come. They mm-hmm. still love these people. It's their community still. Yeah. And and so uh, and I think when you take this to a community that doesn't have a place, and you take their place for decades away, I, I that's huge problems, uh, and, and it, it's really sad. Yeah. And, and so, and, it, and the homeless community has not found a solution. Okay. So, like, there is no people are. I get texts and calls. Hey, where should I go now? And I'm like, I don't know where you should take your meals. I guess the open door would probably be my best guess. Um, but. Yeah, because it's, it's such an easy central location. It is. Close to a lot of stuff. It yeah. is. But, but it's also, like, it's it's great location, but it had shade, mm-hmm. which is essential. And it had benches in the shade. And it had a lot of, and it had like kind of different places that you could hang yeah. out. And so it's not all one. And so I did hang out in the, ah, it's, it's right by NASCAR Park. It's between the two buildings yeah yeah that park you know Mm -hmm, i'm talking about mm -hmm. i forgot what it's named i hung out there with some people and all of the people i hung out with aren't homeless but on sunday they came in to hang out with their community Mm. and i gotta hang out there with them but those are the kind of like it's a lot it's people like that that aren't truly homeless in some ways Mm -hmm. that come in to hang out in this epicenter um and so yeah okay
1: um so during your sermon um the first one where you talked about it you had a story about being first in line. Yeah. Um can you tell that story? Sure.
0: Sure. Uh So uh about f- uh, about the prayer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh so at the Open Door, which the Open Door is wonderful. It's run by the United Methodists. Um it's a day shelter so Monday through Friday so it opens at 7 and closes at 5 and they serve a meal a lunch and so every uh, uh, every meal they like they hand out tickets and that's the order that you go in you know and I'm a newbie so I'm going to get at the end Mm -hmm. and then right before they're about to do meal they just go pastor pastor can you pray (laughs) I was like sure and so I prayed and you know I have a loud voice and I yelled and in the prayer and then he goes, You gotta go front now You know, and I'm like, Oh, I'll do yes, this. Absolutely like, I'll take this place of honor. Uh, and so I get to go first. And then everyone else is like, Man, you are gonna pray every day this week, aren't you? I go, Yep. If he gets me yeah, front of the line I, I, I a fat guy loves to eat first. Uh and so uh but 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 what was interesting is I mean those joke and so I pray, I think it was the second day I did it, uh, and they kind of like have these doors that are closed where the food is, and so they open the doors, and there's volunteers back there, and these volunteers are like, hey, did you pray? I go, yeah, I prayed. Uh, I need to hear the prayer. If I, I don't know, what? And I, was, I was so confused. I was like, um, I prayed. Yeah, just <laughs> like, yeah, did it. I, yeah, just now. I, I, I really prayed. And he's like, well, like, well I, I like to hear the prayer. I just like to hear the prayers before meals. And I was just like, I was so confused. I was like, I, I prayed. He's like, you prayed? I go, I prayed. And then the next person in the line goes, you, we need to pray before this meal. I go, I've already prayed. And then I just stand there awkwardly. And I kind of out-awkward their awkwardness. And they finally gave me uh, a tray. Um, wow. and, and they let me go through. And it took me 24 hours to realize what, what was going on. And, and for me to like get out of my privilege world mm-hmm. in the everyone trusts me world, that they didn't trust me because I looked homeless. They didn't trust that I said we they thought I needed to lie right. so we could eat thirty seconds I'm a short prayer. So thirty <laughs> seconds early. Right. And I was just like this is this is crazy. And so it's these stereotypes mm-hmm. that like that like this is kind of why I do it. Like as I learn stuff like that, what would it like what would it look like mm-hmm. to be in their shoes? And uh so I live in a in a in a um uh Diverse, under-resourced community, and some of the reason why I do that is so that I can say, it's not their problems, mm-hmm. it's our problems. It's my, it's our. I'm right. a part of the problems. It's, it's my kid's school. It's my kid's streets. It's, right. and so rather than just like I'm the savior coming to help them, it's no, like no, we've got to do this, and and that's to some extent like what happens that week is is it's like man, we were treated this way. Yeah, can you believe that? Like, yeah. people should not, like, come on. Right. You know, and so it, that's one of the gifts. But, again, it, like, builds that trust because then I talk about it with some people. Man, I can't, did you see that? I go, I can't, that happens to you guys all the time, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. And all you can say we not being in that position, but it means something more we when you've been through a window. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they. I mean, I get I people, cr- cr- I mean, it's, they cr- people come up and cry. Like, I can't believe you do this. I can't believe you would choose to go away from your family for a whole week and come and hang out with us. And, uh, and I go, like, it's not a sacrifice. It's a gift. Like, right. this is easier than watching my kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, this is like, I get to play cards, like, hang out, <laughs> uh, hang out, have great conversation, which I, I love mm-hmm. people. Um, and, and so it's just, uh, it was a gift. It really it really that's what I've come to so see with the homeless is they're just such beautiful people and with great stories and they're just so fun to be around.
1: And I don't think enough people see that side of
0: And I agree. I agree. And and and, and I think that like so much of I I think when what I've noticed in my life, let me just speak from there, when I'm afraid of uh, that I might be in danger Ninety to ninety-five percent of the time, it's ignorance of why I feel that way. It's I'm really not in danger. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't understand how to put all the data together, and, and it's new and scary, and and so I feel like I'm unsafe. And then I start to write narratives of that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth is, homeless people. Yeah, there's statistics of crime. Sure, sure, sure. But if you if you're not involved in doing those illegal activities or like stealing from them, mm-hmm. they're not going to punch you or get in a fight with you. Right? Like, it's just not going to happen. And so, like, if that's the thing is, is that it's, it's, and I and I've lived in Chicago in these communities where it's like a lot more dangerous. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, if you're involved in that, if you're not, like, that, it's just like the worst that's going to happen is they're going to take my wallet. I don't care. Like, right. Whatever. Um, and so I just think a lot more people need to, like, it's learning street smarts. It's learning how to be smart in certain situations. And, uh, it's a lot of what I've had to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been, uh, I mean, I've had moments in Chicago and with the homeless that like, I, I mean, my blood is, I, I, I'm confused about what's going on and, and, uh, all of my body's so alert and I have to, my mind has to say, calm down. Mm-hmm. You don't know the facts. Mm-hmm. And I have to calm my body down. And it's challenging. It's hard. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but it's essential, I think. Yeah. Um, so another thing you've kind
1: of learned this last go around was that one of the big things that's missing in our community and probably other communities, um, but is that there's no women specific shelter. Yeah. And you saw some of the stuff
0: that they went through. Can you touch on that a little bit? Sure. Uh, there's, there's a woman's shelter in the winter. Uh, But during the rest of the year, there's not um, until five months of a shelter and seven months, no shelter. Um, What I've described it is that I've had to confess um, overlooking uh, the way these women are being treated that, that I I knew it was going down, but Mm -hmm. like, didn't know or just didn't see a solution, like how do I solve a hundred women's like problem of being assaulted right. uh, as one person? And so, um, but the truth is, is that if we opened a shelter, w- women would have an avenue where they could not have to have a man to protect them. Right. Uh, and so, I didn't run into one woman this week that had not been assaulted one that's terrible uh and i literally saw three instances in a week where the uh, assault had happened within 30 minutes and the lady was having a breakdown Oh my gosh and and it's through and and so what i'm trying to do right now is i'm trying to we're trying to start a shelter mm-hmm. a woman's shelter Uh, And I'm working really hard at trying to do that. Um, And I just can't look away anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I was going to say something else. Um, I
1: don't remember. What's the biggest obstacle for us or somebody else from starting that? Is it just money, time, volunteers?
0: I think it depends on. I think all of those. Yeah. Um, I think there's a thing in all. Like right now, what's stopping me? I wanted to start September 1st, mm-hmm. and what I think the challenge of doing that, it's it's making make probably gonna make it so it can't happen. That I'm gonna get the no. Is this liability? Sure. Um, and which is a real, which is real. Yeah. Um. And, and that we couldn't get insurance fast enough gotcha. uh, and, and so it's just all these things just take time and planning mm-hmm. um, to then also build it up like because you can try to do a good thing and by doing it fast you can actually hurt people and uh, but I I believe we could do it but it would have to take a lot of risk on yeah and um, and as the justice dude of course I want to do it but there's the other side, right. but I mean like one of the one of the biggest challenges is the questions I don't have answered is is when you have a population where a s- sexual assault is so regular, like well there are there are effects of assault mm-hmm. it affects it, it affects you, and so there's this community that's really been affected and is is the least predictable in the homeless. Right. You know, of, like, of they need to really feel safe and trust. Like, they, I got told by women, homeless women this week while I was asking them, they said, don't you dare ask for their first and last name. If you ask for their last name, they won't give it to you. Like, they don't wow. trust. Like, And so there's just... So it's a challenging population. And so the question is, is, do you need, like, a social worker mm-hmm. that's licensed and being paid? Is volunteers... Enough. Can you do it with just volunteers? And right. I don't know the answer to that question yet. Yeah, it's not as easy as just throwing a couple beds bags. It's not. Up and, it's yeah. not. And especially when you're talking, you know, up closer to 30 people yeah. and personalities. Um, you know, and so, yeah, so it's, so, but I I, I don't think money would have been the problem. Mm-hmm. I think I basically had enough people to s- already that told me, we'll mm-hmm. cover it. Uh, and so, I don't think money was a problem. Um, I think creating a five hundred one C three that's separate that protects um, us, and then also um, are there co- zoning and all those kind all right. of things, mm-hmm. and dealing with that. And so, okay. Um, so I guess one of the main interactions a
1: lot of people probably have with homeless people potentially is like a panhandler on the corner by Walmart or sure. downtown or wherever. Sure. Um, and so you have some experience doing that and as well as talking uh-huh. to these people. So I guess what is your, what would be your comment to somebody that says, why would I give this person $5 or just going to go spend it on booze or drugs? Sure.
0: Uh, that's a one. I change how I answer this question very regularly. If I'm honest, I can my
1: I flip flop all the time
0: yeah. when I'm talking to my wife. And yeah, um, I'm going to answer this because it's not it's not a one way answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there's children present, if you see children present, so you might more so see children present at like a Walmart, mm-hmm. uh, and there, like I would do something. Like, I think, do they need something? Can you go run back in the store and get it? Mm-hmm. Um, even if someone's asking for Walmart, asked for $5, go in and get it. Uh, it's possible they could return it and buy something with, but, like, uh, okay. Like, right. I've had to wrestle with, I used to be someone who said, no, don't give anything. And I was reading Tim Keller, uh, a mm-hmm. pastor in New York, um, and he said, he just has this quote of, how much has God given me that I have misstewarded? Sure. That's a really good way to look at it. And, and if if he's so loving that he'll allow me to missteward things, why do I think I can't give someone love, money, a gift, right. and allow them to misuse it? And so I think it's like this over fear at times of, I don't want to be taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, and it's almost your own issues and your own junk preventing you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to deal with that a lot um a lot and i can get to that later like i mean a uh, quick side like so i literally had someone yeah, text i had someone text me this week uh monday all caps i will be homeless if this doesn't stop and if, if you had a friend text you that that's level nine level 10 stuff right it came in as a level two to me I he, I was like I have a hundred people in my life that are like that, <laughs> like like uh, like and and I felt uh, like my in my brain I was like he he, he I was like I, I I'm so sorry that like this is crazy and he wants me and he wanted six hundred fifty dollars that's what he needed mm-hmm. and he wanted me to just just provide that and I was like like do you know how many people ask this of me um, and and but like and so like I've just like like saying you're homeless is just level level two level three yeah. like i get that all the time um but then like you have like my middle like this happened my middle class homies mm-hmm. uh like someone said to me like recently like hey um i'm i'm lonely because my friend's out of town or my spouse is out of town something like that mm-hmm. okay and they got mad at me that I didn't like help them. Right. And I just look at them. and I go, I have homeless people telling me I don't have a home. Right. You've given me a subtle hint. You need to tell me sometimes, hey John, I just need to hang out with you. Oh great, let's yeah. do it. But I'm not these implicit things of middle class. I miss them sometimes. Yeah, because my life is just full of intense needs. Sure. Um. So so to get back to like what. I do think people buy booze, mm-hmm. uh, but I also have seen uh, a drunkard who is one of the probably one of the best panhandlers in the city. Uh, I've I panhandled with him, and he taught me how. And uh, I saw him give some of his money to friends. I saw him buy groceries, and I saw him buy booze. And so I think the think that like all this is going to go to booze mm-hmm. is is I think it's too naive. Sure. And so uh, is some of it? Maybe. Good chance sometimes. But, like, I think it's also going to go to real things. And so if if you can find questions to find out, like, what do they really need, mm-hmm. um, gift cards. But uh, I, I just say, like, at least, at least what you should do is look the person in the eye. Hey, how you doing? Sure. And acknowledge so, that they're a person, acknowledge which they don't, their don't get yeah. Be okay, be comfortable with saying no to somebody. Rather than thinking the best, like, I don't want to hurt their feelings by, by saying right. no to them. That's not why... I think that's copy now. It's not why you're walking by and not looking at them. Correct, correct. I think it's more. It's challenging to say no. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, There's times where, of course, you have to look away. You're busy. You're in a hurry. Of course, of course. But I think a lot of it is is that you have most people have not rubbed up close with poverty and they don't know how to say no to devastating things. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that that if that's the case, if if that's your reaction. That you need to now get yourself involved, not as the savior, not as the fixer, but in a relationship. Okay. And so, like, uh, that's my main thing. My main thing, I wish I would have said this minute two or three or four <laughs> of the podcast. My main thing I believe in is, like, so we have a medical team. We have a medical clinic. We have a dental clinic. uh And we have other things. And those teams are not allowed to take volunteers from my relational team. And my relational team is people that are middle class who come in and sit every week at the tables and hang out with homeless people. That's the highest thing you can do. They're the priority. And so, uh, and that's what I think everyone needs to do is is to realize that they need relationship. Uh, there's one negative emotion before the fall. What is it?
1: One negative emotion before the
0: fall? Yeah. Um, loneliness? Yep. Yeah. Not, most people don't get that. Yeah. Uh, was lo- Adam was lonely. Imperfection in, in the garden when everything's supposed to be right. Mm-hmm. Adam was lonely. And my argument is, is that loneliness is the deepest heartache of humanity. And if you have this group of people that people won't even look in their eyes won't acknowledge their presence. I think the thing that they really need the most is relationship and connection. So if you can give that, give your time, which is in many ways more valuable mm-hmm. than $5 Sure. For, for people. Talk to them for 10 minutes. That's what I would tell people to do. Okay. More, and, th- and then you can ass- better assess, should I give anything? All right. That's awesome. That ties right in the next one. How, what would be the best way to help? So
1: I think that's, 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 it, right
0: that's it. That's it. That's relation Like get to know somebody. Mm-hmm. Um uh, find a place like even you know if it's with children like at a children's home or so get to know the oppressed mm-hmm. is what I think is essential okay um yeah, hopefully a lot
1: of people are hearing that and taking it to heart then yeah, so. I hope so um I'm not gonna put you on the spot, but if you have any recommended scripture. Um, sure. <laughs> about any of this, I'll definitely I'm, link it in the I'm notes. a pastor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have them off the top of your head. Uh, so. Of course I do. Okay. Well if you uh, have some, go for it and I'll link them as well.
0: Uh, Philippians two is the key for me. Uh and and so uh verse one talks about if you have any like love, any common sharing, if you've experienced the love of God, then the verses right below that say, then have the then have a same not not the same mind, like then oh, if you've experienced the love, then like basically be like that. Mm-hmm. And like look after the interests of others. And so don't look after your own interests, but the interests of others. And verse 5 says, have the same attitude as Christ. Sure. And then, uh, who humbled himself, he gave up his godness to become a man. And so that's that's for me, is of intentionally giving up your power, intentionally giving up your privilege, and looking after the interests of others. And And so like, so Jesus dwelled with us, he hung out with us, He came on this earth, incarnated himself, and I just don't um that's essential for me that's yeah. some, that's that's the core of that's why I do the week mm-hmm. of is, is to, to hang out to dwell with them um but also to like humble myself i 'm mm-hmm. giving up my power i 'm giving up my privilege, and uh not that i 'm Jesus, but like i 'm trying to model and be like and we're him we 're supposed to be like him yeah so, so that 's kind of what that's that's the one of the biggest for me, and yep. I teach on it at least i preach on it at least once a year with mm-hmm. the neighborhood fellowship awesome, so all
1: right, so we're gonna switch it up a little bit now yeah. um so I think you said in one of your <laughs> sermons or something you're a big fan of hip hop is that oh yeah, do you have any favorites or uh i I mean I love old school stuff, new school stuff, all of it
0: I mean I've loved Kanye. Uh, I love Tupac. Uh, I love Biggie. Uh, I've I've loved Eminem. I really can't l- enjoy him too much. It's, yeah, it's I, kind of, I'm the same. Yeah, it's kind of just like it's of its time, but today it just hurts my ears. Uh, there's a few of his songs that don't, but um, I love. Uh, I appreciate Common. Uh, mm. Kendrick Lamar is just amazing. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, and and so, but. The truth is, is I've, in many ways, in the last probably year, two, three, stopped listening to music. Mm-hmm. And I don't really listen to podcasts. Okay. Of like That's the, fair. Nar- narrative storytelling uh, is what I'm obsessed with. Okay. So. And I'll hop
1: right into the next one then. Is there something you often recommend to people? Books, movies, shows, <laughs> podcasts? What would those recommendations You're be? You're getting dangerous.
0: <laughs> this is this – is, I could go on. Um, uh this American Life podcast is, I think, the best storytelling of any medium. Okay. Uh, I think it's just unbelievable. They're the ones that came out with Serial as well. Hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite books um, is Gang Leader for a Day. Okay. Uh, I have not read that one. Yeah, it's it comes uh, Freakonomics. It's one of the chapters in oh, yeah. Freakonomics. Um, okay, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you probably remember yeah, one yeah. of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Emperor of Maladies. It's the history of biography of cancer. Uh, it's just fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite books I recommend is Columbine. Okay. Uh, a book that studies Columbine. It breaks. There's a lot of myths that happen through the media that are not true. Mm-hmm. Like the trench coat mafia is not real. It's a complete fake. I, I've thing. heard about that. And, yeah, I didn't yeah. know any better. So. And, so, and so, like. So it's just stuff. It's just a fantastic book. Um, but But, you know, I. Yeah, I, I love I love TV. I love books. I love to read, and so I mean I can go on and on and on. <laughs> I'll
1: link so, all the ones you talked about though cool. for sure. Let people get into those. Um, what is your morning routine like, and how did if you have one, <laughs> and how did you get into that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate that question. Um, right now, my routine is uh, I'm not a morning person. I hate the morning. Okay. And I have been changing. I've had a change since the union, especially, mm-hmm. um, and so right now I get up about 5. 50, 6 o'clock, and mm-hmm. I go to the Y, mm-hmm. and Monday through Friday, and I work out for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. It's been like two today was two hours, and it's, a long it was, time. Uh, it, it's it, I basically have two of my closest friends. I am trying to get healthy, and they 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 choose. I am not in control. They're a lot, and so today Ben Davis was like, I don't "Oh yeah, know, Ben Davis." it was it was two hours and uh, I was dead and uh, so, so I do that and then take a shower and then head over here um, and then I work sometimes in the nights mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, it's just but that's usually my routine okay cool um, do
1: you have a favorite failure in any aspect of your life whether it's school work <laughs> family whatever it is I steal a lot of these questions from some of the other podcasts I listen to so. I really
0: love that question um, I used to do stand-up comedy. Did you really? Um, and I love failing in comedy. Okay. I love really bombing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, just to like have it say something, and it doesn't work, and it just crickets. <laughs> and you thought it would. Yeah. And then you get to realize why did you think it would? What didn't come across? Uh, what character are you portraying? In that the, the, the character doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. it wasn't explicit, or it's just not funny, and so I love I love to bomb that way. It, it teaches, it's taught me a lot. Um, that's that's terrifying to me thinking about trying to do that. I'm not much of a public
1: speaker, so trying to do that and then just not getting that reaction would be that'd be really hard. But but like
0: but this is the beauty is that Chris Rock, yeah. still bombs today. Yeah, like all of the good like and so it's like it's this one venue where failing and bomb like bad failure is what the experts still do. Yeah. And so like I think in some ways I think that makes it safe for me. Right. Is it's like, well, Chris Rock there should be so no I expectations. Bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Like and so but that's like kind of my fun. I really like failure. I love yeah. I love watching people fail. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy it. Because uh, I know what's coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that that goodness so comes out of character um for me this is very personal but like one of the, be- the best failure of my life is is i had uh i, w- I knew i wanted to be a pastor mm-hmm. and in college and and i had premarital sex and and so coming to this place of doing that let me see that i could do anything i could do any sin mm-hmm. and and it really made me, like, work through who I am. Because, I remember, I wanted to be a pastor in the right. eighth grade. And so, like, I have, like, eighth grade on, you know, not gone far, too far with women, mm-hmm. not drank, not smoked weed. I mean, nothing. Right. Don't cuss. Like, I'm the good kid. You know, and then I come in the middle of college. There's one month where my girlfriend and I struggled, and we went there. And then we stopped and never did for two more years. And, but, like, the fact that I did... Uh, was right. was just it's changed who I am because a pastor's not supposed to do that, right? And just how like even answer the question how can I still be a pastor or want to be a pastor if that's where I was at? Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it changed who I am, oh. uh, and uh, I'm I'm very very thankful for that failure. Yeah, it allowed me to love myself. Sure, uh, and, and to allow myself to fail. Sure, sure.
1: Um, going back to the stand-up comedy, when's the last time you did that? That's really interesting. Do you do any? Op- have you done any open mics recently? Uh,
0: I I stopped right before the union. Okay. Um, and I stopped because uh, so the union is the two churches merged and mm-hmm. became one, and so it's a church merge. And I came from remember at First Baptist. I was a part of this church as a kid, so they loved me. And and I had told my boss Steve that you know like so leadership other leaders knew I was doing it, mm-hmm. but like that at times you can say a word or a phrase that's like some people would say is inappropriate. Right. And he and if if I did that at First Baptist, they love me. They would say, "John, don't stop." Right. But like, the, it wouldn't like turn their opinion of me, like in an inappropriate way Mm -hmm. when you're coming into a new place that they don't know who you are and this is one of the first impressions like if it got out because facebook live was starting to get big Mm -hmm. and and like they're starting to facebook live stuff and i was like like this is not why i'm doing this i'm doing this to be around like 49 christians and get to know them Mm -hmm. and and having great conversations and and working stuff out and uh and I asked Joey Fink, and mm-hmm. I asked some my dad, like, do you think it's wise for me to stop? And they kind of said, yeah. Sure. And I agreed. Yeah. And I've cons- I've thought about going back up, because I, I don't say crazy stuff. Right. But, like, it's just, like, you just as an elder, I just wanted to be above approach. I didn't want to have anything in there. Yeah, definitely. And I was open and honest with everybody about it. Uh, but, so, I, I, I want to, I will do it again. I love yeah. it. It's the funnest thing <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you've heard my sermon the other day. I think you did. Yeah, yeah. So that guy who I I started telling a story, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. he told told the punchline yeah, yeah. of my story and ruined my entire story because I preached twice. And, and and I was just like, you just ruined my punchline. And like not just of joke, of a story. And so... On, and so like my wife after I, after I was done with that she goes I'm so glad you have stand up experience because I knew how to turn that right. and what to do with it it could have crushed somebody exactly that, yeah. like I mean because it was my opening it, mm-hmm. this was my opening of setting up everything I'm going to talk about and all of a sudden and, but it was because of that I flipped it and allowed it to get laughter, <laughs> and I brought it back, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And so that—that that was all my stand-up experience of of enjoying failure, of enjoying the thrill. Like, huh, <laughs> what can I do now? Right. So think on your feet a little bit. Yeah, yeah you
1: handled that really well. Well, thanks.
0: <laughs> I thought so too, if I'm honest. But it was fun. But I was also like, you little punk! Come on! Uh, come on! Don't 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 do that. Um. This is a question
1: that everyone always like. Oh, this is kind of tough. But do you have a definition of success, or what does that look like in your mind for any whoever you yourself or whoever?
0: I think it's loving people. Like, are you good at it? Mm-hmm. Are you good at caring for people, like the people most closest to us? Um, I think we, you know, we all struggle about injustice, and, and, and like we get re- revved up about it. But the truth is is that we then are willing to hurt some of the people that are closest to us and do, like, that's the most unjust thing in many ways mm-hmm. is it's hurting people that are close because hurt from close hurts more than anything. Right. So I would say, like, really, really loving well, working through your junk, mm-hmm. um, processing your story, um, and then whatever gifts you have, whatever natural abilities, how are you using them? Okay. Like... Uh, what are they being used for mm-hmm. and are you uh, working hard? I mean I know someone his name's Matt, and he's been in prison for twenty four of his forty eight years uh, comes from, i mean he just told me today that he he uh that food stamps for him, for him were currency that was money that's what he thought money was was food stamps wow. until he was like fourteen years old. And so, like a different background than me. Oh, yeah. And he, in prison, taught himself how to read, and now reads hard books. He's read books that I don't want to read because the old English is so challenging and annoying. Mm -hmm. He taught himself how to read in prison, and now reads these things four to five times to get them. But he's doing the work. Yeah. And and like, like, I'm just so I'm so impressed with the guy. and and so it's like that, like uh, like what are you doing with your story, with who you are? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't believe in comparing. I don't think success has anything to do with comparing yourself to someone else. That's big, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's really about like who are you? What are your abilities? What's your capacity? And what are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Um, and and how how are you loving people? So that's, that's awesome. Um, do you have a life motto
1: you live by, or what's the best advice you've received? Anything pop pop
0: in your head? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be flipping too. Okay. Uh, look after the interests of others. Yeah, definitely. Um. Uh, yeah. Hmm? Yeah, I think that's, that's fine. That's yeah,
1: perfect. Um, is there a habit you've developed over the past couple of years um, that's most improved your life?
0: Uh. Yeah. Uh, I go to I try to go to bed at the same time every night. Yeah, I struggle with shutting my brain down. Yeah, um, and so I try to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, and in that I've seen a lot of other things find balance. Because mm-hmm. uh, I I'm ADHD. I love long stretches, and so and I love, uh, I love the lay at night, but I just can't do that. Yeah, and so I've seen that just kind of recalibrate naturally and curb curb uh some of my impulsivity mm-hmm. uh in in a very helpful way do
1: you have a good way to wind down at night then to kind of settle your brain reading or anything uh
0: monday through thursday i read mm-hmm. i try to read i've been doing i've been doing great in the last month but i try to read uh until my brain can't anymore mhm and and most of the time that'll put me. I'll go to bed, and and then Friday through Sunday I allow myself to watch TV at night, okay. and and so I need about an hour to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my wife goes to bed about an hour before I do, and if I'm not by myself, I I I won't be. I'll stay up later. Sure. And so I just I so I need something. It's either TV or a book, mm-hmm. and I just depending on which day is what. Cool. Uh, that is. Um, what's your favorite part of Wichita, or a hidden gem that some people might not know about? One of my favorite parts of Wichita is the YMCA water parks mm-hmm. uh, with my family. We go there every Wednesday um, in the summer because the heat is so bad. <laughs> so it's just a, it's and we already have a membership, so it's like yeah. for, this free extra gift. Um, I love College Hill. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Riverside area. Uh, a lot and I love the downtown area um, a gem Asia Cafe on Woodlawn and Central I think is the best Asian food in Wichita okay it's one of the it's I just, live pretty close to that so I'll have to go try it fantastic. out fantastic uh, Cafe Asia I think is what it's called okay yeah I've
1: seen the sign it's never uh, been there oh so okay. good okay. let's we'll try so that um, is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't or anything specific part you didn't prove about Wichita
0: uh Yes. Um. Oh, a last hidden gem would be uh, Jack's Coffee Shop. Okay, on the All south side. It's uh, it's not owned by Jack, and it's not. They don't serve coffee, and uh, it's. What fooled me? <laughs> some people think it's the best burger in Wichita. It's a burger about the size of a plate. Oh wow! And I mean, it's a hole in the wall, and okay. it, it will wreck you. But it is good. I'm going to have to try that. I actually took my dad there, and he had a heart attack that night.
1: (laughs) That's a good endorsement. Put that up on the wall. (laughs) I know.
0: I know. So I don't really go there much anymore because of that. But uh, it's really good. Okay. Let's keep that in mind. Improve Wichita. Um, Yes, 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 yes. A lot. Um, I think uh, I would like Wichita State. To become more of an academic powerhouse, mm-hmm. I think that if it can become uh, a really think tank of academics with PhDs and really working hard at that, I think that that I think that could change the whole culture mm-hmm. of this city. Yeah. Um. And so I would just want us to see poor in Wichita State, poor in Wichita State. Um. And so like kind of, kind of become a bare college town. Yeah, almost. I agree. Definitely. Um, and so. Uh, I think we need to do whatever we can to keep our basketball team, like whatever it takes. <laughs> Give Marshall uh, whatever he wants yes, to stick around. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I wish football would work. I never think. I don't think it will. Uh, but I think that's some of like the the thing. I think I think that needs to be built up to another level. I agree, definitely. Um, and then I think just people need to be more creative. Yeah. And cre- create their own culture. Uh, I think we need a lot of like a make Wichita weird. Like we yeah. need we need some of that. We need our young people to to have restaurants and businesses that are more out of passion projects than like to make mass amounts of money. Right. Not that they can't yeah, make m- no, they can't make their money and like survive and make a hundred grand profit or anything like that. Right. But Just like it's not yeah. not chasing the money. Yeah, yeah. It's it's for I love being a chef. Right. Uh type of thing. So. Cool. Cool. Um, what does Wichita mean to you? Wichita, oh. it's a place that takes a while for you to love it. hmm Uh, and once you do, it's, and which I'm at, I, I love Wichita. I mean, I do. I mean, I know I made the opposite claim <laughs> in the beginning, but I really do like this city and appreciate it. Um, like I said, we could be here for a very long time. Um... What? It, it's where my parents live mm-hmm. uh, my dad's my best friend and so it, it means a place of just getting to spend time with them um, it's a place where uh, I feel like rent is cheap it's affordable to live and there's good people and I have great relationships mm-hmm. it's, it, my relationships is what that's how I'd edit it yeah. relationships is what yeah. which means to me Awesome. So. Um,
1: where can people find, do you have social media or anything or? Uh,
0: I've kind of, I do, I don't really care about. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I fine. Yeah, I
1: figured I'd ask,
0: so. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm reacting against social
1: media right now. Yeah, that's fine. I'm um, just, so. Understandable. Um, do you have any final comments or maybe a call
0: to action for the community? Just kind of sum it up. Yeah. Uh. Get to know people who are different than you and i mean like build relationship like have them at your house uh i I know everyone can't do this it's a bad example in many ways but like i have the homeless in my house on christmas day or thanksgiving day every year Mm -hmm. Uh, whichever one i'm not in atlanta uh and it's the best gift ever Uh, and so like just like this relationship building type of a thing and there's other times where I do that relationship, um, but that's what I tell people: uh, just spend time with people that are different race, social class than you. And I'm telling you, it's it's a gift. It's a real gift. Awesome. So,
1: it's a great conversation. I appreciate you sitting down with me.
0: Well, I appreciate you being willing to hear <laughs> about some crazy stuff and from a boring dude. So, thanks again, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you to everyone who stuck it out and listened to the episode of the Wichita Life podcast. Thanks to the local Wichita band, The Caves, for use of their song. You can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes at wichitalifeict.com. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you don't miss any of the interviews we have coming up. If you have any comments or recommendations for our podcast, feel free to contact us at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, hasta luego.